I do love the root beer. I do love it. But I, I love the orange. I love the, it doesn't matter. Well, she left me one. That's good. Pineapple. Sweet. Awesome. Winner. All right. This week was a cra crazy week for birthdays. I don't usually call them out, but there was a lot this weekend that I know uh, it's Martha's birthday was this week, right? Uh, Nina's was yesterday, right? Nina, right? Okay. Luke was this week. David Combs and her family was this week. Um, and a little David was this week. Maya's was this week. My goodness. My goodness. A lot of, a lot of people in this this right beginning of June here. So, crazy. Well, happy birthday to everybody. If I didn't get a chance to say it to you, Maya's didn't pop up on my Facebook, so I didn't know. Sorry, if it didn't pop up on my Facebook, I don't know. So, it's, we used to write everything down. Now it's like we rely on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, sad. All right, I heard a story this week. Now this is a true story. So it doesn't seem believable, but it's a true story. A news station was interviewing a paramedic in Dallas and asked what the most unusual call they had ever had was. He said, well, we got a call from the big white church up on the hill. He listed the street names, but you wouldn't know it anyways. Um, and an usher had called and said during the sermon, an older gentleman had collapsed in the pew and he appeared to be dead. The news uh, reporter said, well, what's so unusual about that? The paramedic said, well, we had to bring out four guys before we found the one that was really dead. <laughs> that doesn't say much for our church. <laughs> True story, though. That's what they said. All right. This morning, we're going to be talking about nothing is impossible for God. And the title um, is, Your Walls Can Come Down. Israel had just crossed the River Jordan. They had prepared themselves spiritually and prepared themselves mentally for what was ahead of them. To follow God's orders to the letter. Now they're ready to begin their conquest into the promised land. They're ready to claim their land of, uh, of milk and honey. However, like most things in life that are worth having, they don't come cheap. They don't come easy. Jericho was the first city they had ever seen that was surrounded by huge walls. It must have looked like an absolute impossibility. However, unlike their family before them, they listened to the instructions that were given by the Lord and the walls came down. We're living in days of spiritual battles and spiritual struggles. We need to know how to fight in the realm of the spiritual world. We're not fighting with each other. We're not fighting with the government. We're not, it's not about that. The battle is in the spiritual realm. We need to know that our God is able to give us victory. We need to know how to follow him to that victory, to be obedient. Now, just as Israel had faced the uh, Imit uh, intimidating walls of Jericho. Some of you uh, face your own walls in your life. 
You're facing obstacles in your life. You need to know how to overcome them and get victory. Now, as we look at the story here, Israel had a problem. Joshua chapter one, uh, 6, verse 1. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. There were massive walls around this place. Now, realize they had heard years before that Israel was coming to take the land. So they shut up their land. They shut it up to where they could not be overtaken. And now Israel's back. But I looked it up. And Jericho was surrounded by a system of two massive stone walls. The outer wall started with a stone retaining wall on an earthy embankment. It stood about 15 feet thick and 15 feet high. On top of that retaining wall stood another wall made of mud bricks, 6 feet thick and 25 feet high. A total of 40 feet high. Then there was an embankment, so it... They built it on the uh, upgrade there. Then there was 15 feet of guarded area between them. And then there was an inner wall that was 12 feet thick and 30 feet high. Because of the grade, the illusion, they said, uh, appeared to be like 10 stories high if they stood out front. Now imagine, okay, we're going to take this wall. We give them a hard time when they went there, but that... That looks impossible to them. And some of us are facing things less impossible than that in our lives. But to us, it seems like it's 10 stories high. It seems like there's no way. It's impossible for this to happen. There's no way I can have, that I can have this. I can no, no way I can have victory. No way I can overcome this. It's too high. It's too big. As we go through lives, we have many obstacles that we face. Dead ends, walls. Paul had an obstacle in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart me. And he said to me, my grace is is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness therefore most gladly i will rather boast in my infirmities and the power of christ may rest upon me therefore i take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in needs in persecution in distresses for christ's sake for when i am weak then i am strong now, we don't understand that a lot. How can me being weak make me strong? Because how many know when, when we're desperate, when we're weak, when we face the impossible, sometimes that's the only time we turn to God. That's the only time that we get on our knees and face Him and go to Him. You have to come to realize that the power of God is best revealed in those moments when we're unable to face life and deal God is more clear to us. He's more visible to us when we take ourselves totally out of the picture. When I can't do it myself, then we turn to God. We, we see him a little clearer. The victory at Jericho was all God. 
He took them out of the mix. They had nothing to do with it. In chapter 6, verse 2, And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. It was already done. The victory had already been won. You got nothing to do with this. Well, we're ready to fight. Doesn't matter. I done won it. I done giving you the victory. It's yours. That's the way in our life. It doesn't matter how big your wall, how big your obstacle looks. The victory's already been won. God's already won it. As Joshua and the men of war stood looking at these walls around this great city, God had a word of comfort to them. That's comforting to know the victory's already won. All we have to do is go and take it. All we have to do is go in, be obedient, and go get it. God made this promise, realize this, before the walls came down. Before they attacked it, he promised them victory. As we face our obstacles, whatever they may be, we can do so with confidence. Because we have the Lord's promises as banner that we can go under, that we can march under. I got a couple here, scriptures that God has promised us. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If we can understand that scripture, we, it, it appears to be huge, but God's like, this is nothing. This is just but a moment in eternity. It's just a drop. And realize that this is preparing us for all of that. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power of the works in us. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. No matter what you have going on, no matter what you need, God's got more than that for you. He's already won every battle in advance. You think, oh, um, this is something new. It's not new to God. This is not, he knew it. He saw it coming. He's already won the victory for you. That's awesome. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not our own, his. 1 Corinthians 15.57, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conduct be without uh, covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Woo. Man, these are powerful scriptures that give us that boldness, that give us that confidence that we can go through. Matthew 28, 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even Till the end of the age. 
Amen. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. Whew, I got gooseies. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Romans 4.20, and in being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. If those scriptures don't send chills, make you shout, do something, you're dead inside. This is, as Christians, these are scriptures that we can go boldly into battle and say, the victory's mine. Step aside, Satan. The wall's coming down. You might as well just move or you're getting crushed. We have the power. We have the promise of God. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but you need to know that God is a warrior and that he is fighting for you, each one of you. And I don't care who you are. We need to say amen. And glory be to God. Give him praise and give him glory for all things. Because he's done this for us. Now the instructions that come next there in the scriptures. He tells them to march around the walls once a day for six days. Then on the seventh day, you got to march around seven times. I'm sure they were going, hey, yay. I mean, you know, me, I'd be like, can someone push me? But I got to march around this. Then after you've marched seven times around the wall, and by the way, that's not like walking around the church here. We're talking a whole city. They're marching around seven times. Then at the end, you need to shout. Israel's partner was none other than God himself. He was in absolute control of this battle. He was leading them and guiding them, and he had already guaranteed their victory. Now look at your neighbor and say, God is in control. I can't hear you. Say, God is in control. God is in control. Amen. When we are faced with walls and obstacles in our lives, no obstacle is invincible. It's a blessing to know that we don't have to face these alone. We don't have to face them in our strength. As we read Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Not on my own. Problem is, we're trying to do it alone. We're going out there fighting on our own, and he's standing there going, really? I've already won it. Just come over here behind me and go this way. And we're out there in front going... Swinging like a little idiot. I got, I got it. Looks like David last night at the fireworks stand. He had a glow stick sword. And the fireworks would go up. And he's like, ah, bah. And he's doing a stance. He was looking pretty cool. He's like, wow, like this. And like he's killing the bad guys. He's like, bad guy. And that looks like us. And God's sitting there looking. Angels are laughing at us. Go, really? Come on. Get it together. And we look like David trying to do it ourselves. There's no obstacle that is insurmountable. No obstacle that is invincible. No obstacle that's unconquerable. No obst obstacle that's impassable or hopeless or impossible as long as we face it with the Lord. 
as long as we do it with his strength and not our own. Now, I believe the Lord spoke to me this last weekend. And he said that there's walls that seem to be 10 stories high for our church and for some of you. There's obstacles that have seemed impossible. Now, we may think as a church or you may think as an individual that you're just like them here in chapter 6. You're going to this wall and, and the promise, you know you've been promised it, but it see, it's on the other side and it seems unattainable that we can't get there. But today, he's reminding us of his promise. He's already fought the fight and he's already won the war. I read the back of the book, just so you know, and we win. If you haven't read it, you need to read that. We win. I declare today that whatever is standing in your way, whatever's standing in our way, it's going to fall down. Joshua chapter 6, verse 6. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed and advance before the Ark of the Lord. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets and the rear guards came after the ark while the priest continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you should not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests bearing seven trumpets of the ram horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guards came after the ark of the Lord while the priest continued blowing the trumpets. The second day they marched around the city uh, once and re returned to camp. And so did six days, but it came to pass on the seventh day they rose early about the dawning of day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On, this, on the day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpet and Joshua said to the people, shout before the Lord has, shout for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are in uh, with her house, in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the uh, accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take all the accursed things and make camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold, the vessels of bronze and iron, are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat. Then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and took the city. 
Now, I love that. It said, when the walls come down, just go straight and take what's in front of you. They didn't have to do anything but be obedient. Now, I said earlier, it's never the way we, we imagine it. Anything that we do is going to seem impossible, but when we're obedient, all we got to do is just go take it. When we follow God, we don't even have to do all the fancy things. We just go in and take it. God's like, here you go. Some of us are doing it the hard way. We're trying to climb the wall, scale the wall. How can I go around it? Let me bust this wall down. It's going to take us forever. We're never going to do it. But when we do it God's way, it's awesome. Now, can you imagine how absurd this sounded as a command? These are warriors. These are fighters, military guys. And they're, they're, in their minds, they're going to fight. Can you imagine the, the reaction of Jericho? <laughs> you see these warriors just going around. They saw the army of Israel approaching their city. And they were ready to fight. Then just as Israel came to the city, they started marching. And I can see those in Jericho as they ran to see where the attack was coming. Instead, they see the priest marching and the trumpets blowing. And they're just marching. And they repeated six days. By this time, the people of Jericho, no doubt, are mocking them. Then on the seventh day, they went around the seven times. When they had finished that, those seven laps, the priest gave a long blast of the trumpet and they shouted with a great shout. Now this great shout, mind you, wasn't a shout of attack. This great shout wasn't a shout of fear. This great shout was a shout raised to praise God who had promised them the victory. They were shouting praise for victory that was not there yet. Keep that in mind. They were worshiping and praising God before their answer came, before their victory came. Some of us are moaning and groaning and whining and complaining and wondering why we don't get victory. We're supposed to be worshiping and praising God because he's promised us the victory. When the people shouted, the walls fell down flat and Israel ran into the city and destroyed it. Now, I, I looked this up. First time I've actually looked at uh, if they had discovered it. And I found out a British archaeologist named Kathleen Kenya excavated the site with mo modern methods and found bricks underground where the walls had been. She determined that they were from the city of the wall that had collapsed. If you keep reading, uh, if you read there in verse 24, uh, it, it tells us that they, when they went in, they were to burn the city and everything in it. Well, Kathleen found evidence of this massive destruction of fire, just as the uh, Bible said. She wrote in her report, the destruction was complete. Walls and floors were blackened and reddened by fire and every room was filled with fallen bricks, timber, and household utensils. In most rooms, the fallen debris was heavily burnt. This is still her saying this. What caused this strong wall, uh, the, the strong walls of Jericho to collapse? She said, the most likely explanation is an earthquake. 
but the nature of the earthquake is unusual. She's trying to explain it with her head, but it's not making sense. So it's, it's very unusual. It struck in such a way as to allow a portion of the city wall on the north side to remain standing while everything else fell down. Now imagine all these walls all the way around the city. Everything falls, but a very small portion. Why is that? Because, uh, uh, well, I'll keep reading here. It says, Rahab's house was uh, evidently located on the north side of the city. Remember her? Those of you that know the story, they go in, they send the spies in there in chapter 2, 15. They they promise her, uh, if you bring all your family into your house because you have kept us safe, we promise you, you will not be destroyed. So they gave the word of the Lord, the promise of God, because you were faithful to us, we'll be faithful to you. And everything fell but there. And she says uh, that it it is exactly what uh, this uh, archaeologist found. Uh, The preserved city wall on the north side of the city had houses built against. Because if you read there, Rahab, it says in the Bible that Rahab let them out her window because her house was built on the wall. So that portion is left. I found that amazing. I found that awesome. There's proof that not only did God keep his promise to the Israelites and push the walls straight down into the ground, but he kept his promise to Rahab and spared her little portion of the wall where she lived. This was not a lady that was an Israelite. This was not a lady that was born into this right. This is a woman that was faithful, and God doesn't care who you are, what you've done. This is a prostitute. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you've been through or what you've done. God said, if you're obedient, if you follow my ways, the victory is yours no matter who you are, what you've done. He is faithful. Whew. Man, isn't that awesome? We're a child of God no matter what we are back here. No, it doesn't matter what the world calls us. We're a child of God. And victory is ours. In closing, what was the first thing that God told the Israelites to do? If you look there in verse 10, he says, Hush, no talking. I don't want a word out of your mouth I find that very interesting (laughs) he says shut up and we know why because there's gonna be moaning and complaining and whining I can just imagine man Moses and God done lost their mind God is marching around this wall look at them making fun of us I didn't join an army to just march it was like my son he joined he joined track and he quit I said, why are you quitting? He goes, because all they do is run. You know, look, man, I'm in the army to fight. I don't just want to march. They would be complaining. Man, my feet hurt. My back hurts. Uh, Moaning and groaning. And that would have just been day one. They did that six days. Then on the seventh day, 
seven times. So God knew what he's talking about. And that's what I believe he's saying to us. Shut up. Stop complaining about your situation. Stop moaning about your situation. He's saying to us, the victory is already won if you'll just shut up and follow my directions. The next thing that he wanted was for them to worship with a loud voice. They were to shout loud with praise to God before the walls fell down. If we want victory in our lives, we have to be obedient like them. We have to start by keeping our mouth shut. Then we have to become worshipers. We have to worship him for who he is and then praise him for what he's done. We're not to wait until the miracle happens or the walls fall down in our lives. We're to worship and praise him at all times in those uh, in the scripture at all times. And I've got some scriptures here. I, I didn't give these to Matt because I already had like 30 scriptures for him. Psalms 151 says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens, praise him in, uh, for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with trumpet sounds, praise him with lutes and harps, praise him with tambourines and dance, praise him with string instruments and pipes, praise him with sounding cymbals, praise him with loud crashing cymbals, praise him. He's telling you, I don't care how you do it, I don't care if you're good at it, just praise him. John 4, 23. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. He wants worshipers. He wants us to praise him. Psalms 156. Let everything that has breath. How many are breathing this morning? Okay, he says, everyone that has breath, praise the Lord. And then he says, in case you didn't hear that, the, he says that again, praise ye the Lord. Psalms 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Psalms 104, uh, 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. 1 Timothy 2, 8, I desire then in every place the men shall pray, lifting holy hands without anger and quarreling. Psalm 63, 4, So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. Psalms 134, 2, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Lamentations 3, 41, Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. Now there's no excuse to say, well, that's just not me. Well, then God's not looking for you. Because it needs to be us. He's looking for worshipers. Ones that can come before him, put aside our pride and just lift up our hands. Worship him with a loud voice, a soft voice on our knees, standing up. It doesn't matter, but worshiping him and praising him for who he is and what he's done. The victory's ours. Are you ready for that wall to come down in your life? Stop complaining. Keep your mouth shut. Unless you're worshiping and praising the Lord. Let's bow our heads. If you don't know him this morning. Whether you're listening to the podcast or watching. Or you're here this morning. 
The Lord said, I, I don't care what you've done in the past. All you have to do is come to me and confess those sins. Ask for forgiveness and then ask him into your heart. He died just for you. To take away all your sins. And this morning. I plead with you to make that decision. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son <clears throat> to die on the cross just for me, each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive us of our sins. Lord, take away my past. Take away my ugly. Lord, and come into my heart. Lord, I thank you. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit. With all your love and your praise. And Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. For the rest of us, the altars are open. I say it every week. But if you have anything in your life, if you have a, an obstacle, if you have a wall, if you have a battle that you're trying to do on your own, you're trying to face it on your own, you don't have to do that. He's saying the victory is already won. All you have to do is come to him and be obedient. If you need prayer, come up in the middle here, but I challenge you and plead with you as well. Come and worship the Lord. Praise him for who he is and what he's done.